Thank you for joining us today. You're listening to the New Creation Fellowship live stream. The program will start. Guys, how many believe we're in the last days? I believe we're in the last days. The Bible says in Thessalonians that there would be a falling away. First, we're seeing that in all aspects, not just in church realm, not just in Christian realm, but we're seeing it in every aspect. Uh, a lot of people saying how hard and difficult it is to uh, get people involved in anything anymore. And uh, so we're seeing a falling away uh, in so many aspects. But it's an exciting time. Because as you see that, we should be turning our focus to him. He's coming back, church. And I thank God he's coming back. As God gave me this message to speak on, I believe it's pivotal in the time we're living in. I titled it High Expectations. High Expectations. In, in the turmoil that's going on through the land, whatever it may be, because we're seeing everybody's touting what they believe, what they want to see, and some is not always pleasant, some is not always good. But it allows me to understand on a spiritual aspect, God has placed within us as a church, as a believer, to come spiritually because there is forces influencing so many aspects of our country. And with that understanding, we've got to come in as a spiritual uh, place to intercede, to come in, stand in the gap, to fill an area that has been opened up. That's the reason why it's so vital, so important that we take this time to stand in the gap spiritually for our nation, spiritually for the people of our nation, but not just our nation, the world. When Jesus came to this world, he was a missionary. For God so loved the world that he gave, he sent his only begotten son to love just Warsaw, the United States, Indiana. No, the world. The world. So when people says, well, I like a little small things. When you get to heaven, <laughs> uh, I hope your little group can get joined in with the big because uh, heaven's going to be filled with so many people Amen. from generation to generation, from year to year, how Amen. those have come in. It's going to be full. Yes. It's going to be grand and glorious. Yes. Wonderful. But as we get going, I really wanted to, to come about because I think sometimes people get so caught up in so many things, their expectations kind of lower. Working in, uh, in the force that we work in and outside the realm, sometimes when you don't see things happen the way you think it should go, your expectations kind of get lowered. Have you ever felt that before? Okay, I've asked this, I showed how this thing can work, then all of a sudden your boss or those in the upper echelon, whatever it may be, decide not to go that route, and you know what's going to happen. Pretty soon you're thinking, what's the use? How many of you ever felt like that before? You felt like your expectations kind of lowered. But I truly believe Scripture <clears throat> gives us a way that we can look at and say we need to have some high expectations because God is preparing something great. Preparing his people for that. When times get tough, in those tough times, sometimes you have tendencies to lower your expectations. Now's the time to look and see, well, wait a minute, what happens with the result of that? Because when the end comes, you settle for less. 
than what should be. You settle for not only high expectations, you settle for lesser. You take in second best, in other words, in some aspects. See, as we as Christians, we should be anticipating, expecting to go higher than we are today. Let me hear an amen. amen. Say, I want to live in a higher realm. I want to be where God wants me to be. God wants to pick us up, not keep us down. God doesn't want to beat us down. God wants to lift us up. He sent his son that he could lift us up, that we could be what he wants us to do. He gives us that abundant living gives us that life, but eternal life. So yes, we're living in this life. We have those struggles, but I know that God helps me through these struggles. My expectation, God is going to help me for all things work out for the what? Good. That's high expectations. That allows me to know God has my best interest at heart. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll go down to verse 16 through 18. If you would, please stand for the reading of this portion of the Word of God. <clears throat> verse 16 begins reading, says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Say liberty. Liberty. <clears throat> we need to allow God to reveal himself to us. In order, sometimes we have something that comes that separates us, a distraction or something that, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. Thank God for that freedom we have in him. Verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Say the glory of the Lord. Let's finish this out here. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as the spirit of the Lord, as the spirit of the Lord has given to us these measures. Glory to glory. Say glory to glory. You may be seated in his presence. When Moses went to the mountain the second time to receive from the Lord uh, the commandments and the instruction how to build the ark, instructions how to build a tabernacle that the Lord wanted because the tabernacle was an image of what was in heaven. And we see that and so God gave him the instruction, gave him the, uh, the blueprint of how to, to do that. One of the things that uh, happened to Moses as we read from Exodus, as you can read that on your own time, and I'll go there in a little bit on certain things. Moses came down. The Bible says that his face shone bright, that the people could not look upon him. He conversed with them for a while. Some of the leaders, they had to back away, the Bible says. They had to get away from him because the they were not only seeing the glory of God, but they seen his face shining. They were afraid. But I noticed the scripture here from Paul says the veil has been taken away. The veil has been removed because the Bible says for Moses to deal with the people, he had to put a veil on. 
<clears throat> the Bible says that when we see Jesus, you see the glory of God on him that was manifested through Jesus Christ. The world is looking for some bright image that they can kind of gleam to. They're walking in darkness. <clears throat> Thank God we see that as the spirit of the Lord brings liberty, it brings freedom. It brings an unveiling effect. We can see the glory of God coming through. The Bible also gives us from glory to glory, from step to step, from transformation to transformation. This is levels. God says, I bring you here. I've got more to give you. My expectation is to see more of God. My expectation is to know more of God. My expectation is for God to reveal it to me. See, I have high expectations of the Lord. It's not something that somebody gives me. It's what God presents to me. Amen. What does this mean to be transformed, to have the mirror of who he is? When you're transformed, when you go from glory to glory, you become more like Jesus because the glory was on Jesus, in Jesus, around Jesus. It was the glory of God. When we become not just name only Christian, but we transform, we move from this glory, one aspect of who Jesus is to another aspect. I've said in heaven, when we get there, there's going to be so much we're going to be seeing of God. It's going to take eternity to reveal it. We look in 3D. We have machines that operate in 3D. Great, because that's what we see. But when we get to heaven, there's dimensions. It's not going to be just in 3D, three-dimensional. I believe there's dimensions that we have not even fathomed yet. The angels don't get a chance to see that. They only see in part. Now, let me come into this. Angels look at us and our salvation we have. They desire. There's angels right now in this room watching you. They watched how you worshiped. I believe there's some of those songs we did. They stood at attention. You're talking about the Lord we've seen. The seraphim says that they are floating. They are lifted up because of the praises. Seraphim means bright, glorious. Why? The reflection of God on them. When we have Christ, the hope of glory in us, we have the reflection of Christ in us. The world sees the glory of God. The face, the unfailing face has been lifted now. They can see who Christ is in us, the hope of glory. My expectation is what, not what the world is going through and what they're seeing, but what Christ is bringing to me. Now and forever, I'm in a win-win situation. I have high expectations that what God spoke, he will bring it to pass. Glory to God. That transforms me from this place to the next level. And then I'm looking for the next level. I'm looking for the next level. There's so much in God that God wants to reveal. God says, I'm going to bring it. But it takes the spirit of God to bring liberty. We need the Spirit of God to move. There are forces, even in our own local community. It saddened my heart that this community allowed a psychic to come in and set up an office on Center Street. 
Every time I go by there, one day I'm going to walk around it when God releases me to. Every time I says, I rebuke, I plead the blood of Christ in the name of Jesus. You will not give any uh, things that's going to further the kingdom of the enemy. I pray over that. Stifle it. <laughs> Bind it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have the authority to do that. We have the authority. Sometimes I think we look at ourselves, well, we're just mealy and, and kind of lowly. No, just because Jesus was meek doesn't mean he was weak. He, he brought his humbleness and he was meek in the way he operated. But can I tell you, he has all authority and he's given the church all authority. I have high expectations. Yes. Jesus is coming back. Do you believe that? Yes. We must understand that and stand on that. He's coming back. For what? Why is he coming back? For a glorious church. Again, coming back to the glory. Coming back to the bright manifestation of God in the church. When the people see the church, they should see a bright glory coming from the church. An expectation. This is what God is going to do. He not only died for me, but he gave me life that I can live this life in such an expectation that it takes me to a higher place. Yes. But it takes God's presence to bring glory. That's where we live in. That's where we are in that. I love his word, but I love to pray. I love to pray, but I love to be in his presence. The word gives me some instruction. The word tells me some good things. It helps build my faith. But that's all it is. It's just another book. But I want the book to leap off the pages. Yeah. I want the words to leap off the pages right. and tell me who I am in Christ. Yeah. The enemy has tried to bind us up just like he did with Jesus when Jesus was tempted. Yeah. If you be the son of God, if you be the three times he told him that, tried to put him in identity in a place that it says, wait a minute, if you be, Jesus never even responded because he knew who he was in God. He knew who he was on this earth and we should be doing the same thing. We are the glory of God on this earth. Because of Christ in me, the hope of glory, they should see the glory coming from us. Church, I'm feeling this. High expectations. I expect God to perform what he said he would do. I expect God to change lives and hearts. I didn't come out here, see, I could do something else yesterday, but I chose to be on this grounds that we could show the glory, show the love, show what God can do to a community. Yes. They can be in an atmosphere that doesn't have to be downward, doesn't have to be pulling on them all the time. Yes. And they enjoyed, the kids loved it. Seen them lined up trying to get in that bounce house. Pastor Glenn, he was having a good time. Those kids were coming down. The parents were watching. I was watching him. Here come this one girl. I can't remember what her name was. But she kept coming down. She uh, constantly, she beat him off to get up on that side. <laughs> so I could get down. I said, I love this. And pretty soon he was in there and he says, here she comes again. I'm going to catch it. Her laugh and her smile. Mama was watching. He was extruding. He was uh, developing a, a, a relationship of saying, this is what God is about. Yes. 
not looking down, but looking up. See, that's where we should be. My expectations is not looking down, but looking up. See, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. Yes. <laughs> Far too many people are looking for death. That's just a transition for me. I'm not going to live on this earth like I am now. Thank God, because I'm sore at times. And I am today. I'm feeling some soreness because going up and down a hill, doing this, doing that. And I thought, oh, I'm using some muscles I haven't used before. But when I get on the other side, honey, like you said, I don't have to worry about sickness. But Nathan said it in Sunday school, don't worry about sleep. Thank God. I don't have to worry about getting in bed. Because I'm going to be in the brightness all the time of Jesus Christ, the glory. In Acts, we've seen that God uh, had revealed his glory through Jesus Christ another time. Because the apostle Paul, which was Saul at this time, was on his way bringing havoc to the church. And sometimes we think persecution is coming and we look at this, but that's the time when the church can shine. In the book of Acts, when the church grew was when persecution was. And that's when God changed lives and turned hearts. That's when people come out and says, wait a minute, they are going through it. Paul was on his way to Damascus. And while he's on his way to bring harm, all of a sudden a glow came. All of a sudden, he was knocked off his high horse, if you really want to say it. And he was knocked down and the light came. And God spoke. Jesus spoke to him. said, why are you persecuting me? That lets me know that God is about us. God is concerned about us. You are persecuting my children. You are persecuting my brothers and sisters. Why are you persecuting me? See, Jesus lines it up with you, you and I. See, we are one with him, and he is one with us. Wait a minute, Pastor. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When he saved me, I become one with the Father. My DNA changed. I have the Father's blood flowing through me now, spiritually speaking. Now I'm one with the Father. And now what he says I can have, I can claim. I can step in and say, it belongs to me. High expectations. I expect God to bring miracles and signs and wonders. I expect God to provide for my finances. I expect God to do what he said he would do. I expect him to bring and perform healings. I expect God to show signs in these last days to bring dreams and visions that we can move forward I have a dream of high expectations. We should be glowing with the God's presence. We should come and operate with God's presence wherever we're at. I seen Pastor Glenn out there, and I seen every single one of you. I just picked on in because I could see that child come down, and she was just giggling and laughing. And as soon as she got off there, she ran up. I wanted to get in front. Sister Tammy was operating so eloquently. She goes, getting back. <laughs> Your turn's coming. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> it will come. <laughs> and sometimes we, we need to understand that. God's presence brings his glory. We need his presence more now than ever. I don't want to form. I've seen enough forms. <laughs> but I want to see the power. The power comes to the glory. There's a lot of people gathering together, and they have uh, meetings. They have entertainment. They, they have things lined up. There's, 
But when the presence of the Lord comes in, the glory of God pours out. And then all of a sudden, God moves. Things and lives are changed. Things and circumstances change. All of a sudden, God can perform like he desires to perform. He desires to do more than sometimes we expect him to. We need to start looking to God and say, I expect you to do what you said you to do. I am seeing your word saying it. Go to Genesis chapter 18. Let's look at something that God spoke to Abraham. God spoke this, and I thought it was so good as God was pouring this out to me and give it to me. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. If you're there, say amen. amen. God spoke to Abraham because he heard Sarah laugh. Then she denied it. And God says, you don't hide anything from me. <laughs> I hear everything. I know everything. And he tells Abraham, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Let me ask you a question. From the Lord, as he asked Abraham, is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. I like your response. <laughs> then he goes on and says, says, at the appointed time, say appointed time. appointed time, I will return to you according to this time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Sometimes we put a time limit on God, says, God, you're not going to do it, I'm going to take care of it. Messed Abraham up because he had another child he shouldn't have had. I'll just be frank. He listened to his wife. He shouldn't have. I'll leave that one go. The women's going, okay, pastor, you stepped in the realm. Don't step that realm. Every single one of us, sometimes we listen to the wrong voices, whether it's our wives or husbands or whether it's something. Listen to what God says. Expect him to do it. That's what he was saying. I heard Sarah laugh what I'm getting ready to do. At the appointed time, I will return. I will perform what I said. Is there anything too hard for me? And you said no. But what you do next proves what you really mean. Do you really actually believe that in John 13, Jesus said, if you know these things, blessed, say blessed, are you a criteria, something that we can look at and kind of say, okay, this is what God is desiring for us to do. If you do them, don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. We've got a lot of people hearing the word, but they're not putting it into a practice. Jesus has said, blessed are you when you do them. We expect God to bless, but God says high expectations means you're going to operate, that you're going to believe, you're going to show that you believe God's going to do it. Some people says, well, I don't know if God's going to save my children. I don't know if God's going to save it. You need to expect God to do what he said he would do. He's going to bless, but how you operate, how you actually believe is how you do. In other words, you walk the walk. Not just the talk. Is there anything too hard for God? And you said what? No. Do you really believe that? Yes. You believe that what he said he will do. You believe that he will perform what he said. We must stand on it, church. 
We must believe it, no matter what the world looks like, no matter what circumstances look at, no matter what things are going. You may lose your job tomorrow. You may lose your bank account tomorrow, but can you believe God to supply your need? Yes. But how many ever get fretful before? Concern? We need to get so ingrained with God's word. You know that you know that you know that God's going to take care of me. If the stock market falls, gold prices go down. If the government says we no longer can supply Social Security, what are you going to do? People says, I'm on a fixed income. But what if that fixed income stops? Then what is your source? What is your resource? I expect God to supply my need according to his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus, he paid the price. He supplies every need. He said he would do what he would do. He'll take care of his own. I like what David said. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. God will take care of his own. Sometimes we need to get to that place. We rely on so many sources instead of realizing that God is the source. God is a provider. He's my El Shaddai. To walk in the blessings every day, God's blessings, you must do what he says. You must do what he has given us. If you love me, do it. Sometimes he'll tell you to do something different. We've never done it like that before, Pastor. We've always done it like this. We've always had church services like this. And all of a sudden, God wants to shake it up a little bit, like a salt shaker or maybe a pop can. Be an explosive. All of a sudden, you just pop it up and it explodes and get on everybody because God's shaking things up. Wants to do something different. But we've never done it like that before. Uh, this is the way it should operate. This is the way God wants to do We've never done a fall block party before, and now we're doing something that maybe the community hasn't even seen. I'm seeing a few other things going on. Thank God for that. Maybe God wants us to do something different next year, but we're going to see what God says. And when he shakes things up, we just need to flow with him. But when you come into the place, God had never done like that before. I've never seen up like that before. You limit God what he wants to do. Take him out of the box and let him be God. Yeah. Quit putting him in the box up here. Says, this is the way I've seen it. Well, this is the way I was raised. This is the way it's got to go. This is the only way it's going to be. You know what? You limit God. Allow God to be God and see what he'll do. He'll turn your world upside down. Amen. High expectations of the Lord we serve. I look to him to do mighty and wonderful things. Yeah. Don't limit God. Tell your neighbors, so don't limit him. Praise God. Go to Jeremiah chapter 33, if you would, please. I got a few scriptures I want to bring you, but I want to put this into perspective. As we come to the area we're in, we've got to have high expectations of what God's doing and what God's wanting to do in this day and age we're living in. Verse 3. God gave the prophet Jeremiah... a direction, something to do. I liked what he told him to do. If you're there, say amen. amen. Let's read this verse together, if you would, please. Let me begin, and then you follow along and read it out loud. One, two, three, let's read. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Isn't that a good verse? I liked what that verse says. Call 
on me. Call to me. Call to me. You know what calling means? If you need to get on a cell phone, call him up. Hey, God, I'm calling you up. Man, I've got some things I'm asking for. You know what the Bible says? Nah, I'll put you on hold. How many ever had that happen before? Where I work at, there's times that people will call and say, don't transfer me because they keep getting dislocated. Well, here, dislodged. Here, I'll give you the number. And if I lose you, whatever. No, I need you to answer me. Or I need you to find somebody that I can talk to. It's the same way with us with God. God says, call to me and I will answer. You don't have to go through a receptionist to get to God. You don't have to go through the answering uh, the operators and say, hey, Connect me over here, and all of a sudden you come back. I didn't get connected. God says, I will answer. Aren't you glad for a God like that? Yes. <laughs> if I'm out in the field doing something, or if I'm out in my yard doing something, I can call on God. At midnight, I can call on God. If I'm at work at my machine, or at my desk, or whatever I'm doing, I can call on God. If I'm walking through Walmart, I can call on God. And the Bible says, he will answer. He's asking Jeremiah, call on me, and I will answer you. Now, what did he say? I'm glad you asked. He said this, call on me and I will show you. Say, show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Aren't you glad he knows how to show? We used to go to the, what we call the picture shows when we was younger. We make our way and go pay our money and go see a picture because we wanted to see. Want to see our heroes, wanted to see Superman or whatever it may be, the, those heroes we thought because we'd love to see that now they've got different old things that's going on today you can see and show show me jesus god says and i and he says call on and and i will answer you and show you show you god wants to reveal to you god wants you to see what he has for you god doesn't want to hide anything from you but sometimes we limit god with the things that we can only think that this is the way it's going to be this is the way it's going to happen and god says don't limit me i've got some great and mighty things i want to show you says he said this he says i want to show you what great say great, great. and mighty now, notice he put this word things. That word thing is a general term. It brings in the thing says, I haven't named it yet, but I'm going to show you. I'm going to reveal it to you at the right time. There's things that God did not reveal to the early prophets. He's revealing in these last days to his people, but we're not calling on him. God, show me what we need to do. Show me how we need to pray. Show me what you want to reveal. Show that how you want to bring your glory to my life. High expectations. Call on me, God says. I expect God to do mighty and wonderful things. He said this, not only that, because some mighty things, he says that which you do not know. I've got a secret. <laughs> I've got a secret. How many's ever had somebody when you was younger say, I know something you don't know? I've got a secret. You know what? God says, I want to show you things you don't even know. <clears throat> you know what this is? This is an offer from God. It's an offer from him. That's what he's telling me. 
I've got things I want to show you. I've got a secret I want to tell you. Not just a secret, but a remarkable secret. Something I want to reveal to you in this time that we're living in. We're living in some dark times, but God's glory wants to shine through the darkness. We're living in some hateful times, but God says, I've got some things I want to reveal to the church. But if you don't call on me, that's the beginning stages. Call on me and I will answer. God, what direction do I need to go? In business, family, finances, my health, relationships. God, what direction do you want me to go? He will reveal to you. God in no wise will turn away his children. He knows your need. He knows what you have need of. He loves you. He cares for you. He's just waiting for you to say, God, ask him, seek him, knock on his door, see what he'll do. What an offer. Tell your neighbor, what an offer. Oh, God wants to offer said, I have high expectations of God. I know that I know that I know God's going to do mighty and wonderful things. When we first started ministry here, I never realized God was going to use us to reach. We've given thousands of dollars, given thousands of things away to help and bless others. Most ministries don't do that. Trust me, I, I know some ministries, they're struggling. They can't give anything away. They're kind of trying to keep their ministries going. And God says, if you'll give, I shall give it back to you. Yes. Far too many people are holding on to something. They limit God. Well, God, I've got holiness. I've worked for it. Release and what God, look what God will do. When you let go, God lets go. Yes. But when you hold on, God holds on. I can't reveal it to you. I can't give it to you. Because you look at the limit that you have, thinking that's the only way God's going to operate. God, I've worked hard for this. God, I've done hard things for this. And now you asking me to do this? <laughs> I've learned God can't out, I can't outgive him. When we went from one aspect of giving years ago, I come to Martha and says, okay, we're going to do this. She looked at me and says, okay. But at first she was questioning. We believe in tithes. We believe in giving. And I'm using finances here as an as a, a avenue because everybody knows how hard it is to get finances. You work hard. But when you learn the aspect of giving and you learn the aspect of not limiting God and the high expectations of God, okay, God. And so we started operating. And when we went to that next area and we started giving, God has never failed us yet. God has never failed us yet. Even when money was tight, God always come through. And doesn't always come back in monetary. Everybody looks at the monetary. That's the way God's going to bring it back. When your vehicles are running and you don't have to get them in the shop for very much, that's a blessing. When I don't have to tend to the doctor all the time, that's a blessing. When God brings everything I need financially or whatever it may be in my cupboard, mother's cupboard, cupboard that's a blessing. Then all of a sudden, God says, I'm going to bless you even more. Somebody else is going to pour out from their abundance. 
It's just waiting for us to believe what God wants to do. I like what the children of Israel, when they stepped into the promised land, <laughs> you know what they did when they did? They looked at the cities. They looked at the communities. They looked at the houses. They looked at the vineyards. They looked at the cattle, and the sheep. They didn't even have to worry about it because God says, I let the wicked have this so you can claim it. You don't even have to do work for it. Step in and just, now, they had to get the honey, and they may have got stung from the bees. But the honey was there waiting on them. The cattle they may had to make sure they was taken care of, but they didn't have to worry about the stock being there. It was there. The houses, they didn't have to worry about building. God says, it's yours. That's Old Testament. We're living in New Testament. Jesus died that we could have more than what they did. They had just enough. God says, I've got more than enough. High expectations of what God has for us. Jesus died that we could have heaven's worth. Eternal life. But life, when we live this life here, when we walk around, when people ask you how you're doing, you need to say, I'm blessed and highly favored. The glory of God's flowing out of me. The presence of the Lord's all around me. It should ooze out of you. Everywhere you walk, the New Testament says the glory of God should ooze out of you. It's like a fragrance. There's a lady that I used to work at a machine at Zimmer. You can tell when she was coming. You could smell her coming uh, down the hall. She must have took a shower in her perfume. You could tell the fragrance was coming by. A little bit strong. That's the way we should be. They should tell us coming from a mile away. Here comes those Christians. I can smell them. (laughs) The fragrance of the Lord should be all over us. The glory of God should shine around us. We should bring the brightness. See, he's coming back after a glorious church, isn't he, church? We should be part of that, the glory of God. When the world is going to dark, our lights never go out. (laughs) The power grid of God never shuts down. Praise God. No disruptions of storms is going to keep that from moving forward. Praise the Lord. Moses in Exodus chapter 4, something he did, and we take an example from it. God was sending him back to Egypt as a deliverer, as one to help get the children of Israel out of their bondage. He questioned God on his ability to use him. He never questions God's ability, though, but he questions his ability to use Moses. Because notice what he said. God, I can't speak. If you know the history of Moses, he was taught in some of the finest schools that the world could offer. Don't tell me he didn't know how to speak and present himself before the Pharaoh. He was in the Pharaoh's court. So he was using that as an excuse. And sometimes we come up with excuses. Well, God, you can't use lowly me. How do you expect me to deal and talk and move? You want me to go talk to this one or that one? You want me to talk to this one? You know, the prophets, where they would go, a lot of times they would go to the kings. They understood that they could present themselves. But sometimes I think we put ourselves in a, a box ourselves and we limit God for what God wants to do through us. 
There was a pastor friend of mine, and now he's pastoring in Kansas City, Kansas. Nice church, big church. They come and done a revival for us when we was down at the other place, and they seen the, the crops, and they named their church Harvest Community. Same church that Pastor Glenn has. It's Harvest Community over in Pearson. His wife had seen the harvest out there getting ready to take place, and she goes, there's a harvest. And so that's what they, now they've got a large church there. Well, we went to a missions trip. I was invited to go to the Ukraine and to Russia to do some work there. And we'd done ministers' conferences. We, we'd done some speaking engagements. And one of the things that he told us, and he told us when he came to church, that when he was in pastoring a church in Arizona, and he was in India on a mission trip, a short-term mission trip, he said this young man come out, and he had a baby, and the baby was blind. And he says, pray for my baby. Pray for my girl. Well, what do you do when you're a minister? <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to pray. Lay hands on that little girl. All of a sudden, eyesight came back. She didn't have eyesight. She was born that way, blind. All of a sudden, a miracle took place. <laughs> that little girl was old enough to talk. She says, she looked at her, her dad holding her, and she was rubbing his face. I see you, dad. I see you. All of a sudden, there was a crowd around him wanting to pray over different ones. Miracle took place. God used him in that place. It was in a Muslim region. They arrested him, arrested the team that they had, other ministers, put him in jail. When they was in jail, said so they didn't give him some great things. Matter of fact, they stripped their clothes off. They were just in their underwear. Ladies was in another room, and they was in another room, and there's a bunch of guys. And so every day, every day they get together. They tried to believe. They tried to trust God. They was trusting God. They would get together and do some songs. They'd get around in a circle and pray. And he said, it was not fully, it was half-hearted. They would sing, oh, Lord, we trust you. But they're looking at circumstances. Their expectations were low. They've been through a tough time. They've done what God told them to do. And maybe you feel that way. God, I'm doing what you told me to do. And look what's going on in my life. They lost their expectation what God wanted to do. All of a sudden, the soldiers would run in and take them out and stand them against the wall and said they would have seen the end of the barrel of the guns. He says, this pastor's name is Freck. Pastor Freck told me, he says, I was looking at the end of that barrel. All I could see is my two babies at home, my wife at home. And my, my life may be given. My life may be gone and my babies are at home. That's what I was thinking. All of a sudden, he allowed something to change what his expectation of God was. So he got back in the room and God changed his thought pattern. He says, do you trust me? Do you trust me to take care of your children? Do you expect me to take care of your wife, take care of the church you're pastoring? Do you believe I will? He said all of a sudden he had started checking some things. Yes, Lord. Are you willing to even give yourself for me? After he did that, he started talking to the guys, and they got together this next time, and he was in prayer. Then he started singing. He said it was different. 
It wasn't half-hearted. It was full. Because they all faced the same situation. They started giving those. And all of a sudden, the angels came into the room. Light started showing in that cell room, that place they was in. And all of a sudden, it was glowing. The soldiers seen a light coming from there that wasn't the natural light. It was from someplace else. And they were singing. And all of a sudden, they come in, and they stop singing. And it says, who else you got in this room? The soldiers were asking, and here comes the, the head. And he says, he says, it's just us. Pastor Frick says, it's just us singing. He goes, no, we've heard you sing. <laughs> he says, there's something else. There was a, a grand uh, singing that was going on, and there's a light that was coming forth. He says, you see, this is just who's here. There's walls. We can't get in or we can't get out. You see, the sun is not coming in this room. Their expectations changed. Where is yours? Do you have high expectations? Even if somebody disrupts your situation, are you so focused upon individuals or circumstances or situations that you can't see what God wants to do? Moses said, God, you're sending me back, but I can't talk. You know what God told him? He says, I will help you. That's what God told Moses. You know what God is saying to you? I will help you. Do not let individuals, circumstances, situations, anything drive you or take you away from what God wants to do in your life. High expectations of what God said he wants to do. Call to me, he said, and I will answer you and show you. Oh, wow. Wonderful, remarkable secrets. Things that haven't even been named yet. There's a move coming that we have not named it yet. We know of the day of Pentecost and the move that took place, but I believe in these last days, this things are going to take place in such a way, and God's lining it up that it's going to pale, that Pentecost is going to pale what God's doing in these last days with the church that he's got. And it doesn't take a mighty army. We are the army of God. We are the remnant of God. Not everybody believes like us, but we're believing God to do what he said. And more than that, I expect him to show off. Come in and show off, God, what you need to do. Praise God. Praise the Lord. God wants to work through you. And God wants to give you everything you need to operate. I have a dream of God doing mighty and wonderful things. I have a dream that God's going to reach the community we live in. I have a dream that God's going to save and deliver those. There are spiritual forces that is trying to control. And God says, I sent you back in this community that you can now come against those authorities because I've given you authority. I've given you authority over the darkness that's over the areas we're in. God's given us authority, church. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Tell your neighbors that we've got authority. Sometimes we look at the physical and think that's all it is. God says, I've given you spiritual authority. I've given you authority because those things are influencing Start coming against those spiritual forces and see what God will do. God wants to do mighty and wonderful things. 
See, God wants to and has more he wants to do through you. God has so much, but sometimes we lower because we look at everything on the outside. Touch your neighbor and say, God has more. Go to Exodus chapter 33 as we bring things to conclusion. Exodus chapter 33. Verse 18. Something that Moses asked God. I liked what he asked him. He said here, and he said to the Lord, please show me your glory. Show me your glory. The audacity of Moses asking God, show me your glory. I know you said your presence is going to be, but I, I want to see the manifestation of your glory. In other words, what do you say? I want to see the real you. God says, I can't show you my face, but I will show you where I've been. Because when he passed by, put his hand over him. I'll show you the glory, what I've done. I created the earth. Create the sun, the moon, stars, the rain. I've done all that. He showed him. Where do you think the first five books of our Bible? Moses wasn't in the beginning. But Moses wrote about it. Where do you think that come from? And there's things God wants to reveal to us. If we'll start crying out, show me, God, show me. I'm calling out to you. Show me, Lord. I know you've got more for me. Show me your glory in my life. Show me your glory in my circumstances. Show me who you really are, God. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. And he says, I will not withhold because I will show you things. I will show you secrets. I've got a secret. I don't want to keep it a secret. Moses desired the manifestation. Where's your desire, church? Is it always just working? Is it always just trying to take in? Just live this life and that's it? And die? Far too many people are so involved with their careers and, and things of this that they forget that God's got so much more. One, I want to help you in your life. One, I want to help you with your career. One, I, I want to come alongside you. Those things God wants to do. But we put God at limits because we look at everything we're just going through. And our tendencies have lowered the expectations. Our tendencies because we're going through tough times or my body feels this way or my mind is going through or my kids are giving me a turn or my finances or this or that. And pretty soon you dethrone God from your heart. You put him at a lesser level. And God says, I want to be king of kings in your life. I want to help you in your life. I love you. I care for you. Call on me. They, Moses had the audacity. He says, show me your glory. Show me. And you know what God says? You have found grace. And you know what God done? He gave us grace. He gave us mercy. 
And God says, I want to reveal it to my church. I want you to be a glorious church. Now is the time to move in and see what God has for his church. Bible says, as I've already alluded to it, when he came down from the mountain, you know what he did? He was shining. People turned away, put their hands and run. We can't stand the glory of God. And there's some people who look at you and say, where have you been? They can't understand it. They don't understand. The world don't understand who we are. Everybody's trying to box people down. Well, you need to change with the times. I beg your pardon. God says he don't change. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he doesn't change, now he moves differently. He has times where he moves in such a way. We've seen it in the service. This the other Sunday was the last Sunday or the Sunday before. I can't remember. I felt God just saying, I need you to lay hands on, transfer to these people. See, God wants to transfer through you, the influence that the world needs. We influence. We set temperatures. We shouldn't go in a room and allow them to set temperatures. We should use what God has given us. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us uh, his power. He's given us uh, what we need as, as anointing, authority. It's time we have expectations from God. All right, God, you give it to me. Now I'm expecting you to do what you said you'd do. The audacity of Moses saying, show me your glory. You tell me all this, I want to see more. I want to know more. Levels from glory to glory, from faith to faith. That's where God wants to take us. God's presence. That's what we need. We need the veil lifted. Paul said it's been lifted. When Christ came into our life, the veil has been lifted. As we bring things to the conclusion, are you settling for God's best or less than God's best? What are you settling for? Sometimes I have seen those with lower expectations and never receive what God has. Does God still heal today? Does he still heal today? Yes. But you know, so many people are so in tune with their pain and so in tune with what around what the doctors say that they forget that God is the healer. I didn't say that. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals me. The Bible said he sent his word that they might be healed. Who is the word? Jesus. He's the healer. Look to him and see what he'll do. That's only one aspect. There's many other areas that God wants to reveal and show. Sometimes I think we need to get high expectations of who God is, who God, what God wants to do. God has some mighty and wonderful things he wants to do through your life, church. But until we get a desire, until we call on him, until we say, Lord, show me, until we say we, Get the desire. There was a man that came to Christ, centurion. He was a Gentile. His expectations was pretty high because he had a servant that was sick unto death. He looked at Jesus. He says, I have a servant that's sick. And Jesus said, oh, I'll come with you. I'll go. Centurion says, no, 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 no. 
I'm not worthy of you to come to my house. But you just speak the word. You just speak what you're going to do. Jesus said, I have never found so much of faith. This is a high faith. This is a high expectation of me. Look what he did. By the time he got home, the servant was back on his feet doing everything. That centurion loved that servant. What about the woman with the issue of blood? What was her expectation? It was very high. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be all right. She went and touched the hem of his garment, and all of a sudden, her flow was done with. It was over. She had high expectations. She went home changed. All of a sudden, there was a man that was blind. He heard about Jesus coming. His expectations, I want to see. I want to see God. He kept crying out as a crowd passing by. Even the disciples says, shh, you'll disturb the master. Don't call on him. Some people seem to think, shh, you need to keep quiet about your God. You need to keep quiet about Christ. Don't call on him. Don't have prayer meetings. Don't look to him. He don't know what he's doing. You know what that man did? His expectation was high. I'm going to be healed today. Jesus is not going to pass me by. He cried even that much more. The Bible says he cried aloud. What happened? Jesus come by. What do you want? I want my sight. You know what happened? That man went home seeing. Those are just a few examples. I could go over and over again of the examples we see from the Word of God that brings us the faith that we need to have in the days we're living in, high expectations of our God. We need to speak to the mountains about our God that created the mountains. If you're in my way, God will remove you. If you have a Goliath that's in your way, that's hollering and singing, you say, I come in the name of the Lord and watch God, what God will do to that Goliath. He'll remove him from your life. High expectations. Where's your expectations of God? Do you truly believe God will do what he said he would do? Over and over again, when those people step into that faith realm, that area to believe God, and to expect God to do what he says, God says, that's the man and that's the woman I want. That's the one I will come alongside. But when you rely upon men, when you rely upon circumstances and say, this is what's going to help me through, that's a dangerous place because those things will let you down. I could walk in tomorrow and they tell me at work, you're done. That's not my source. That may be a resource, but it's not my source. You can have it. God's taken care of me before. I've been down this road before. I know what he'll do for me. You know what that does for me? Cha-ching. <laughs> I just walk around every day. Cha-ching. <laughs> it's coming my way. All the signs are coming in alignment. Cha-ching. There they are. I'm just waiting for you to hold them. Sometimes I think we realize we just want to use our hand. Get the buckets. <laughs> Allow God to pour it into you. High expectations. In just a few minutes.
Thank you for joining us today. You're listening to the New Creation Fellowship live stream. The program will start in just a few minutes. 